This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. This is Lane with the Simple Passive Casual Podcast. And uh, I am recording from Huntsville, Alabama today. Checked out a few of the apartments out there. Uh, just got back from Birmingham uh, the day before and then Atlanta the day before that. Still selling off those single-family homes. I uh, walked through a single-family home that I'm fixing up. I put about 15000 into it. Um, I'm putting together a video that you guys can check out at the YouTube channel. And um, if you guys haven't subscribed to that, make sure you guys go there and subscribe to our YouTube channel. But uh, just a little bit report I've been up to. Got a chance here to hang out here in the Huntsville Airbnb. A few days back, I went to FinCon 2018, and a lot of you guys are kind of wondering, you know, what the heck is that? Uh, it's a pretty impressive event, and it's where about 2,000 financial bloggers and YouTubers and podcasts, they, they gather once a year, and they pretty much talk about money. Uh, mostly, it's personal finance is the topic. Um, my story is, you know, back in 2006 when I was, uh, you know, in college, that's where I really got the start doing all this stuff. You know, I started reading all these financial blogs. Some of my favorites were Get Rich Slowly, Wallet Hacks, and of course, the Mr. Money Mustache. FinCon started later on in 2011 with just a couple hundred people, and you know, it's grown to about 10 times that size today. So I went there because you know, I had some time, and I always wanted to go, so it was my first time going to this conference. And it's kind of funny. I've definitely uh, changed since 2006 after reading. People that go to this thing are into bunch of frugality. Uh, real estate investing is definitely a minority. I would say 95% of the people there are pretty debt adverse. And you know they believe in the 4% rule, I think they call it, You know where you get up this big chunk of money, you get a million dollars and you live off 4% of it because supposedly that's like a dividend rate. And I don't, I don't know what kind of a lifestyle living off 40 grand a year. Or I think most of them are trying to shoot for Two million, um, so they can get eighty thousand dollars passive uh, coming in. But you know they believe in buying cash, no, no debt, which you know absolutely doesn't really work with real estate investing. I mean that's one of the, one of the wonders of buying hard assets with uh, good debt. Um, you know I, I I'm not to say that these guys, this fire movement or these folks are bad, but I always see living small as a little selfish. You know, the prototype is some dude who's in his mid-30s. You know, they make pretty good money. They're usually in tech. Um, they make $150,000 a year, and they save up their money like, um, you know, squirrels putting nuts away for the winter. And, you know, they retire early by just being frugal, and they just go traveling or they live really small lifestyles. And when I mean small... I mean, I'm all cool for, you know, not having a big house, but, you know, they don't really do much, you know, like they, they created this wealth, but they're not really sort of growing it more to give back. Um, I don't know. I just have a sort of a problem with that. It just seems a little nearsighted to me. It seems like a pretty lame life just to, you know, exist. seems like you're just existing off 40 to 80 grand a year. And if you guys have ever read that million dollar next door book, but it's that type of lifestyle that I would not really want to live. Um, not saying that I really want, you know, nice things or not that I don't like nice things either. But um, 
yeah, I mean, I think it's it's important to kind of find your why and find a way to give back to others. And then I kind of talk about that in my book. And if you guys want a free copy of my book signed, I'll ship it out to you guys. Just, you know, tell one of your friends and, you know, CC me and I'll, I'll send it out to you and with your mailing address. So at this conference, there's a lot of financial advisors and I've got a link in the video on the website here on my article, why I don't really like financial planners. I think the one thing I like about the people there is that they are pretty happy and content with spending very little money. I think that's one thing that a lot of people, that a lot of people I've talked to, you know, guys making $200,000, $300,000 a year, um, you know, that lifestyle creep just goes up and up. And I ask them, well, you know, at the end of the day, it, all that matters is how much you save at the end of the year to invest. Pretty amazing. Like, I don't know how all these guys spend $300,000 and they're just left with twenty or 30000 at the end of it. Um, pretty amazing. So other findings at the FinCon, uh, new investments, um, accounts are incorporated into mobile interfaces. Like, you know, if you've seen in the, in the uh, Mint app, there's a you know, click to invest here button. And they're, they're sort of using pseudo AI, I think, to, um, you know, you're even using it in like finance or banks to, uh, you know, one click to refinance your home. So I think it's a little dangerous. And, um, you know, it's just a blend of technology. In it. And it seems like as a, you know, these apps are sort of like, you know, you get people on the app, you get people on the platform, and now you're able to sell financial products from there. So no longer are the banks the only place able to sell mortgages or the brokerages like Vanguard or Fidelity selling investments, but it seems like if you have an audience, then you can kind of just sell stuff on it because you sort of have a captive audience. And for the average consumer out there, they, um, there's somewhat of a trust there. I, I don't know where that's going, but it's just a trend that I saw. I also saw a cool 5% instant liquidity online savings bank sort of buy, you know, bonds at $10 a piece and you can buy and sell those um, pretty instant liquidity on an app. Pretty cool. I asked, well, how's, what's the collateral that people have their money in there? And I guess what they're doing is they're investing in inventory loans on uh, hard products. And I guess they buy it at pretty low rates. So your collateral is pretty well covered. I'm still trying to do more due diligence on this, but if you want to kind of be a guinea pig, shoot me an email, let me know, and um, I can have you try them out for the rest of us. It seems like a cool thing, like how we were all doing HP, which I hear is going to be opening here pretty soon. But um, yeah, it seems like another more, a little more liquid liquidity. You just pretty much click a button and it's right there and you can deposit into your bank account. You guys are looking to be tiring early and you need health coverage because you're just not having that. Um, there were a couple of providers there. Liberty Health Share was one of them. And uh, these are religious-based health insurance companies that, uh, you know, not to get political or anything, I, they, they don't pay for a lot of the um, semi-sin procedures. Like, I think they don't pay for abortion, I think. And um, I think they don't pay for, like, certain... Like, if you went out drinking and driving, they wouldn't cover your, your coverage. So again, I'm not saying it's right or wrong or whatever. That's just what it is. So, you know, they're, they're just one provider out there. And I think, you know, when you look at the rates, it looks like it's about half the coverage or half the price of a rate if you were to go out and get your bron regular bronze, silver, or gold packages. 
So that was, um, that's kind of the recap of my FinCon experience 2018. I don't know if I'm going to go again. It was kind of, um, it was all right. Maybe, maybe next time we'll, we'll get a group together and we'll all gather. I think that's what makes it more fun. It's a little lonely when you kind of walk around the room and, you know, I, I kind of keep to myself. I don't want to say that I'm going into debt with getting all these cash flowing properties because people just don't get it. The second half of this podcast, and if you guys want to check out the video again, go ahead to the website or the YouTube channel, but we, I've got the live video. I recorded on stage live at FinCon. What I did is I grabbed four, I think I grabbed four guys and we, um, I just interviewed them because they were having side gigs on the side of their job. And I see a constant theme from, you know, you high networking professionals out there who are also growth mindset, being W2 employees. A lot of you guys don't get the fulfillment um, at your day job, especially if it's very bureaucratic. I picked these four guys out of the crowd um, to kind of share their story. You know, five, seven minutes, I think is all I gave them. You know, what were some of the first steps, some things to think about. And one cool thing about going to these conferences like FinCon is you get to round up people who think differently, their growth mindset, they're trying something different, they're kind of following their passions. And um, so check out that video. And again, please share this with your friends, because if you don't, you don't have any friends to have a midday lunch with when you're not doing anything in the midday. And um, here comes the video. I recently came back from kicking the dirt in the high elevations in Panama, the site of the investment I am proudest of in my personal holdings, which is turnkey coffee farmland parcels. Coffee, cash flow, and a legacy investment with turnkey management. Go to simple passive cash flow backslash coffee to get a parcel in your mind before the whole mountain is gone. I'm here at FinCon meeting uh, different financial uh, experts here. And a big uh, subset of the community are other uh, hustlers trying to do the side hustle. So I got Michael here. Um, tell us a little bit what, you're, what you used to do in your prior life and kind of that escape from uh, corporate America. Sure, sure. So uh, basically, I used to run an IT company, something that I started in my 20s. Ran that for a good 10 years or so. And then ultimately sold that business to a larger company. Um, worked for them for a couple of years. Really didn't like working for someone else, especially after owning the business. So at that point, I decided I'm just going to basically quit and, you know, leave everything behind. So I left corporate America, the nine to five, went home and just hung out with my kids. Yeah. So t let's talk about like, you know, you kind of quit cold turkey. Did you have any savings before you left? Or? Yeah. So I definitely had some savings. Um, along the way, I had saved about 50% of my income along the way. I had also started investing in real estate, single family homes. Um, and I also was just interested in investing in general. So I definitely, when I left, had you know a little bit of a cushion. I also had some of my earnout when I sold the company. And so I didn't know right at that point if I actually wanted to do an early retirement or whatnot. So I just I just said, I'll, I'll take a year or two and figure right. it out. So you had, in, in the back of your head, you sort of had like a year or two of expenses saved up that you could kind of burn through before something. Yeah, I, I had even more than that, but I just wasn't sure if like it would be right for me to just like completely... You know, right. change things up and you know ultimately I did and I have I actually haven't been in a corporate job for the last five years right. um, and so that's how the side hustles came about was because I was home with my kids and now it's fun and awesome and I wouldn't change it for the world but I needed something to keep my mind active so side hustles are the thing that kind of kept me going and to this day 
it's something that you know excites me to kind yeah, of build so something else. T- talk to us about like you know one of those because you you do multiple of them. But one of them that you you kind of got caught on first, and what were the first steps after you took free fall from the corporate job? Sure, sure. So I really love real estate investing. I think that's one where it can really leverage your money, um, the best bang for your buck, so to speak. And so I really love like the single family home opportunities. The environment definitely shifted once I came back home and I was with my kids. I couldn't really go out and look at properties anymore. So I did more real estate syndications, um, crowdfunding, and things of that nature. Right, right. So um, we're going to move on to the next guest. But, um, you know, Michael, once you drop your URL and you guys can kind of get a hold of him, he, he does some financial coaching for more uh, high net worth, the less lean, lean fire guys. And not None of this uh, drive around your Corolla all day long, but, you know, more practical stuff. Why don't you give that out for folks to get it? Sure, yeah. If you'd like to learn more about me, uh, my site is financiallyalert.com. And I'd love to have you come by and say hello. Yeah, all right. Thanks. Thanks so much, Lane. Brian, you know, a lot of guys out here, they start they start their uh, their next side hustle, but they're working the, the day job. And going to have you kind of tell your story and how you found your, your, your next big thing. Well, I guess this is kind of the start of it, right? Like, this is my first FinCon, and I've had sort of a financial awakening uh, this year after reading um, uh, several books, uh, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad being the, the main one uh, that kind of opened my eyes. And this is a big thing coming in this ecosystem, and you're in a room with thousands of other people who, you know, thinks alternatively. And that's why I always tell people, you know, go on, go to some real estate conferences, go to even the real estate meetups and get around the right people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, being here makes you feel like you can do anything, right? Because you're around uh, like-minded individuals who are really on the forefront of, uh, of, a, of a whole new you know, personal finance journey. You know, it's very, very exciting. Right, right. So maybe talk to us about, like, you know, what, what idea you have and what are some of the steps that you're going to do to make that possible? So, yeah, so my wife and I started our own uh, uh, video production company back in 2007, right before the, the crash. Uh, it was kind of a scary time, you know, doing that, and uh, it's been it's been wonderful, you know. Um, uh, the problem I face is that it's a limited income, and it's a, and, it, and it's a job. I've created a job, although it's a great job and a job I love. It's still just a job. I, it's not a business. It's right. not providing me with passive income. But that's the key here, right? I mean, a lot of us are working that corporate job. That yeah, you make a lot of money, but you you, you don't really like it. It's not you know, it's not something that you enjoy. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, um, I'm interested in finding ways to, you know, grow my net worth and become, you know, uh, financially independent, you know, and that is extremely exciting, you know, and to do that as fa- rapidly as possible. And, 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 I'm, and I'm, it's almost an obsession, you know, so anything that I can do to ensure that um, coming to FinCon, you know, I've decided, uh, um, you know, to create a, like a side hustle, um, which is uh, spendlessgreen.com. Um, yet to be still uh, working on the still work in progress yeah but uh but you know the whole idea is i want to help people uh uh, you know save more of their hard-earned cash you know and build wealth you know because that's you know there's a uh, an extreme difference that i found between being rich and being wealthy right and you know we sat on this table um the side hustle table and it was it was all about really not the theme is don't make a side hustle because you want to make money because it's profitable. You know, don't become a pharmacist because you heard that's a hundred grand a year job <laughs> and there's the demand for it. Do it because find a side hustle that you enjoy doing and you want to help people first, 
because that that will kind of shine shine through. People will see through your exterior motives, if not. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, if you if you if you do what you love, um, you know, it it, it, it shows. Right. People, so, people, so you're gonna kind of talk, take people through the journey, and kind of. Yeah, I, I know what it's like to not have money, you know, and know what it's like to uh, to earn a decent wage and and, and 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 to spend it as fast as it comes in, you know. So I have that experience, you know. I want the experience, you know, of a lot of the people here that are here at the conference that are, um, you know, prodigious wealth accumulators. You know, uh, they have uh, since a very young age been able to understand that. Uh, a uh, dollar saved is better than a dollar earned. You know, that, that took me years to understand. Financial literacy was not something that came naturally to me. It was not something that was taught to me. You know, I, I think, I, you know, from my experience, my parents and people that were around me, you know, overspent. So that's a, you know. Well said, well said. So why don't you give your, um, the folks out there your URL so they can kind of follow your journey. And, um, yeah. Well, the, 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 the new URL is going to be spendlessgreen.com, and currently uh, uh, our video production company is Lucky Lemon Films. It's luckylemon.io. All right, so you guys can follow that. and um, Yeah, thanks a lot, Lane. It's been a real pleasure. Nice yeah, to yeah, you. thanks. Appreciate it. So, yeah, you guys, you know, I think it's kind of cool to see, you know, you always run into these blogs and that people are kind of doing big things, you know, like Mr. Money Mustache. But this is kind of where it starts, and you know, people are starting these side hustles every day, getting things going, you know, starting from nothing, and uh, you know, making it into this big thing. So it usually takes about a couple, two, three years of getting going. So my next guest here, Rocky, if you guys have been to my About Me page, this is the man who did that two-hour-long podcast with me. Probably one of the best interviews I've done ever. Uh, his podcast is Richer Soul, um, but... We ran, we crossed paths here again today, and I uh, thought we uh, check in. And you know, Rocky is like the, the king of side hustles here. <laughs> tell, yeah, tell us a little bit what you what, what's the what's the real job, and a little bit about what you've been doing on the side. So my real job, I'm in sales. I work for a biotech drug company, and our our industry has changed considerably, as is all industries out there. And so I, you know, you always worry about what's the future and how long will it last. And so you always want to make sure that you have something on the side to protect you, should something go wrong. Yeah. So well, how how long ago did you start? You know, you're working, and then you know, was there some something you can remember where you're like, I need to do something else? So we've always had, I think. Going back to the late 90s, we had a side business. The problem was back in the late 90s, the taxation of the side business was so high. We literally, the government was getting half my money for every dollar I made that I was like, this isn't worth it. I'm not going to work this hard to pay someone else half my money that does nothing. And so we kind of backed off a little. And then that was also around the time we started having kids. And so that took away a lot of time. And then I think about five years, six years ago, after the collapse of 2008, 2010, 2011, I was looking for some new things to do. And the first thing I got involved with was uh, rental real estate. And then after rental real estate, there were so many opportunities, we got into a flipping business. So flipping houses. And then... All working this, the day job. All of this during the day job. And then over time, I... I we still had the other business that we had had since the late 90s, which is kind of 
accounting, and we were doing that a little bit still on the side. So building that up a little bit more, and then the latest thing is the financial coaching, and then which came from the podcast, which came from wanting to just yes. put it out there and help people. So it's it's literally now about giving back and helping people, and what's going to be the next step when I retire from my day job, and what I want to do full time, kind of in retirement, because sitting around in retirement, it's kind of boring. <laughs> I always need something to do, so why not make money? Why not help people? Why not give back? Why not do what you love and enjoy? And I think for me, it was it was a hard time figuring out what I loved and enjoyed and figuring out how to make money at it as well. I think that's a difficult thing for people to figure out sometimes. Yeah, so one lesson that I've kind of, you know, that's helped me a lot is I go around to these different conferences, and it's not to go and uh, take a picture with Paula Pan or meet these heists, these financial celebrities, or when I go to a real estate conference to go meet Grant Cardone or something like that. It's to meet other people that are sort of on the same level as you, like how Rocky is, that you're kind of building your businesses from scratch and you know, you've got people that climb the ladder together. So it's kind of neat to connect at these sort of things, but, but <clears throat> you can kind of talk about the same issues and things you're going to. And something that you're kind of working on is you know, your kids, they're kind of getting a little older now. They're still young. But maybe talk to us a little bit about how you're balancing the side hustle and the day job and the kids getting older. So I think the biggest thing is to manage your time, and that's the most important thing. So look at the 80-20 rule. What is the the 20% that you do that gets you the 80% of the results? And then look at what's the 40% that I do that gets me 96% of the results? That leaves you 60% for 4% of results, right? So for, I, I basically say screw the 4%. Take your 60%, and now you've got, you can either do 320s, meaning you can spend time in three different areas putting 20% of your time in, getting 80% of the result. Or if you want, you know, you focus 40% of your time and you get 96% of the result somewhere else, you still have another 20% left over. Right. Right. So I think the biggest thing for people is making sure that you have that time balance and that you you leave the time to be able to do the things you want. Most people are running on a hamster wheel, got no time. But the reality is you're wasting time. Right. So figure out how to better manage your time. So, I mean, you're you're still working a day job. You're cranking at third gear or something like that. And you've got the house flipping thing. Which you and I have, have talked, you know, it's getting a little overheated, so maybe taking the gas off that a little bit. And you've got the coaching financial side with the podcast and everything. About, you know, how, how are you looking at, and you've got the kids too, right? Which is a big part of your life, and you're kind of saying no to a lot of other things. And we were talking a little bit about, like, you know, how do you balance those three, four things? I think one thing you try to do is stack things. So somewhere where you get a two for one if I do X and I can get double value. So I'm in sales. I'm in the car a lot. While I'm in the car, I'm listening to podcasts of a new guest that I'm going to come have on in the future. So I'm kind of doing my podcast research while working, but I'm not taking away from my work because I'm still driving to where I need to go for work. And so it's kind of double dipping on that time. That's just one simple way that I kind of do that. For the flipping business, I don't do, I don't do the work. I have a team. So for me, it's phone calls. Well, how long do phone calls take? Not long at all. Just make them. Pick up the phone, call the painter, go, hey, we have standard colors. Go paint the house. Okay, have a nice day. Click. My house just got painted. Right? How long's that call? Two minutes? 
two minutes, I got a house painted. It's not hard. But you have to put the time in to build that system up, build a relationship with the painter, with the heating guy, with all the different people. And I have a partner on the flipping business, so he does some of the work. And between us, that kind of takes the load off. So if I'm busy at work, he can also kind of handle some of it as well. Excellent, excellent. So if you guys want to check out Rocky's podcast, again, richersoul.com. And um, his, he gets really deep into it. It's like hour, hour 30 minutes, two hours. Well, guess, well right? you went. Well, usually we do about an hour. Did we go yeah, long? We, we must long. have gone. <laughs> we went deep. <laughs> I love that. You know what? If I have a great guest and we have the time, we will go deep and long if we can do it. I think it, it's much more appropriate and much more valuable. All right. Thanks, Rocky. Appreciate Thank you. It. Yeah, Alex, he, he led our little roundtable creating a side hustle. One of the real reasons I, I like the side hustles because a lot of you guys are working professionals not quite fulfilled in what you're doing and but what are the steps to kind of get out of that that day-to-day grind and to start building the side hustle because it's not it's not like you're going to do it overnight Uh, maybe talk to us about like you know you're still working the day job yeah Mm -hmm. um i don't know if you want to say the company but let's just it's in the aerospace oh yeah yeah. oh i mean i don't mind at all i work for a big investment company called eic and we're um publicly traded we're actually canadian and actually i really enjoy the job However, it doesn't hit on a lot of my passions. Right. So it's a great job, great company to work for. I've got an amazing team. But at the end of the day, I can leave and sometimes be like, man, I don't feel fulfilled necessarily. And that's where the whole reason for me came in where I'm like, I need something else. And that's where the idea of a side hustle kind of was born for me. So you're working the day job mm-hmm. and, you know, there's a, there's an itch, there's a hunger. What were some of the first things that you tried or you, you saw that, you know, to try and start building some traction? Uh, a lot of mistakes. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the first thing I guess you could say that I went into because um, I, I didn't know what to do, you know, and, and a lot of things that I was trying, I was just trying because I saw people making money at it, you know. I might look at you, Lane, and be like, he's doing really good at that, so I'm going to try that too yeah. because... I'm going to start a podcast. So yeah, I'm going to start a podcast, yeah, because he's doing he's doing a good job with it. So, And that's not the right way to, to do it or reason to start a business even. Overwhelmed by the amount of stuff is on simple passive cash flow? Don't know where the heck to start? Go to simplepassivecashflow.com backslash start to sign up or text the word simple to 314-665-1767 for the curated course to get you up to speed on the past two years of content. Again, join the free web course, The Journey to Simple Passive Cashflow. Go to simplepassivecashflow backslash start or text the word simple to 314-665-1767. So I found a better way to do was to figure out what I'm good at and really what my passion is, like what keeps me up at night, what gets me excited. And those are the things I decided to move into. And you, so you've talked about the Strength Fighter 2.0, which is I'm a yeah. big fan of too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for you personally, what were a couple of the strengths that you, that were your strengths and why did it, why, maybe backwards engineer what you're doing today, why it kind of. Yeah, I'll, I'll reach on a couple. And the first one was strategic and right behind it was achiever. So I'm good with strategy and I'm good at achieving things that are put in front of me. So I just started developing things, which for me, it turns into actually doing some business coaching for people. I'm good at helping them with their strategies and designing where they want to go in the future. And then as far as execution is concerned, I'm great at going ahead and helping them implement these things by giving them aggressive timelines or a timeline that works for them. Another ingredient that I see that when I have the strategy calls with you folks, uh, again, for who you do a pipeline club members, you guys usually get a 15-minute free chat and what I'm here what I'm trying to listen for is some kind of strength um, you know a lot of you guys that live in certain areas of the country near rentals that could be a particular strength or it could be you know you're in construction management and you're good at working with you 
know, contractors and negotiating um, different issues like that. What were some of the strengths that you had in your day job that transitioned into what you're kind of yeah, doing? Yeah, um, thankfully I have a great team, like I said there, and I oversee six departments within the company. And um, I've gotten very good at building a healthy organization, if you will. So as far as like profitability is concerned, streamlining processes are things I'm naturally very good at. So it just kind of translated over into any sort of side hustle I've ever been part of because I'm able to implement those skills I've learned on the job through that nine to five. Right, right. So what were, what were, so what are the things that you started first? I mean, like just writing was kind of your big yeah, thing. Yeah, you know, I started with writing because I felt like it was something that I had a story I wanted to share. And, you know, I started off doing it really wrong. I, I did uh, um, I was a terrible writer. I think we talked about it earlier. My first blog post, I found it recently, and it was it was scary. I reread my that makes no sense, you know. But over time, I developed that skill and was able to start actually making some traction with that. Right, and and I think we ch- we chatted about it with our other guests earlier. Uh, I think it was Michael's like trying to figure out something that you actually enjoy giving away. Yeah, as information because if not, it's not going to come from a place of abundance. About it's going to keep your your followers or your, you're going to push away followers because they're going to be like, oh, this guy, he just wants to make money doing this. Yeah, you know, I think our, a lot of our, because it's a side hustle, so it is for me. It's for Alex Sanfilippo. But if I make it and position it about me, that's the problem. The idea's got to be to go and add value and solve someone else's problem and help them along the way to maybe have the freedom that you have or just the, the joy or fulfillment that you're having in your life as well. So turning it around saying, okay, it's not going to be about me. It's about them, how I can actually help them grow and develop. By doing that, that makes a huge difference because people see that. People can see through your motives. And when you're out there to help people, that's what they're looking for. They want help. Right. And that's the big advantage of having a side hustle is that your, your hustle is not your, – your family is not dependent on exactly. you having a hustle. So exactly. by having the day job, you have food on the table. So what you're doing is just gravy on top of everything else. Exactly. You know, a lot of people feel like they should quit their job to start – you know, to focus more on their side hustle, right. which I always discourage people from. But it makes sense, right? It does. Because it's like, oh, I'm going to – I'm going to burn the bolts. I'm going to do it. Yeah. yeah. But and for some personalities, that works great. But if you're dependent too much on the financial side, it can overtake the motive of actually helping somebody because you need to eat, right? So that's why I like having a side hustle aside from my job because it's not, I'm not reliant on that. It's all icing the cake, whatever I make, but I'm also helping people. But I do see both sides, burning the ships sometimes. Some people need that. Some people need it. Yeah, it's, it's a personality thing for sure. For me, I think my motives would be a little bit wrong if I did that. You know, I, I'm being humble when I say that might not be the case, yeah. but I'd be concerned that that would take right. over. Your work that you would put out would be a little bit different if you absolutely bolts and you quit your day job. Might be a little come yeah. across as a little differently and may not work. Yep, absolutely. But I mean, who knows, right? Maybe that be, might be the best thing for your personality. We don't know. But yeah, true. I mean, maybe. now for me, like I, I mentioned earlier about my my nine to five again that I enjoy. If I hit the point where I feel like I'm not adding value to that job anymore, I kind of have capped out and I've done all I can to add value in that whole industry, I would move out of it and focus on the side hustle full-time. I definitely would do I wouldn't be against it at this point. So you work with a lot of um, entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. you know, from the ones that are have a, a full-time job right? trying to make that transition, what do you see as some of the biggest uh, mistakes? You just kind of shake your head. You, they're not a client of yours, so you kind of just keep your mouth shut. But right. I'm sure you see a lot of consistencies. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the first thing is is um, lack of focus. Everyone, like I said at the beginning, is just seeing something that looks like it's going to make them a lot of money or be huge for them, so they just kind of run after all those things. And they just, you know, I'm like, what do you do? And they're like, well, I do like 10 things. I'm like, well, that's not very focused. I know like, you're not going <laughs> to. Yeah, like you've got to be focused on one thing because that always scares us. The first thing I'm like, whoa, and you go to their website, and it's like real estate investing, car collector, like this, that, that. I'm like, you got to pick one, man. You know, and that's that's the first big mistake I see is people just get out there, and you know the nice thing about the world we live in 
is the sky's the limit. Whatever you see, you can go for, but you still do have to really be focused. And I see that being the biggest issue. People just have a very general outlook and want to do everything. So if you're gonna, if someone's starting out and focusing on one thing, what is just one thing that they should focus? Just creating content if they're a blogger, or yeah, figuring I mean, out what their business is. Yeah, it all goes back to to your personality and your type. What are you good at? How are you gonna add value to leave a mark to change somebody's life? The whole idea has to be solving problems. You've got to solve somebody else's problem, and if for you that is your ability to write and to do it well, then yes, by all means, do it. For some people, that might not be the case. Other people might actually be developing a product that the world would love to have and maybe not even know it yet. Perfect example is the smartphone. We didn't know we needed it until we had it, right? And they solved a huge problem, which was like, I don't have a computer. I don't have a way to do this and that. So they were able to solve people's problems that way. And that, at the end of the day, it all comes down to problem solving. Right. One of the, the – I always tell people for brainstorming this kind of thing is think back on your life and what's the biggest pain point that you went through. Because you've obviously oh, wow. made it this far, and you, yeah. I don't know, maybe you're just hiding it really well or something like that. But you, maybe you have some strategies around getting through that, and now you're able to help people. So for a lot of people, it's, you know, here it's coming from uh, getting out of debt and helping people, other people do the same. Right. And that's that's kind of one way I, I tell people to kind of start brainstorming. Um, I don't know if you you help people getting from like zero step zero through the conception stage. What are other ideas for helping people to figure out what's their thing? Yeah, I mean, my big thing is I, I'm very relational, so I love to get to know people. And it's funny, a lot of times you might not know that you're naturally good at something until somebody tells you. And I think it's really important to call that out of people. Um, perfect example, I met somebody earlier who's a very good encourager. And I just mentioned, hey, you're great at like encouraging people. And they're like, oh, really? You know, they didn't even realize that skill that they had themselves, but it's probably one of the biggest parts of who they are, but it's just who they are so they don't really notice it like someone like you or I would. Right. And it's important to call that out of people. Say, hey, you're naturally really good at this. Because that sometimes can spark something inside of somebody to say, huh, maybe I should focus more on that type of thing. Yeah. So the two ways there, guys, you know, trying to figure out what your skills are, what makes you come an advantage, and then also what problems are there about to solve. Yeah. And I think a lot of people think that the market and the world is just too saturated. There's nothing left for them, like the scarcity mindset, if you will. Um, I don't believe in that at all. Everyone is unique, which means everyone has unique problems, which means there's a unique solution for everybody. And oftentimes, you, the listener, are the only person that is actually able to solve that person's problem. You may be the very thing that gets them through what they're going through in their life right now. And uh, it, it's not scarcity. Someone isn't already doing it. The world needs you and the solution that you have for it. Right. And, and we're living in pretty amazing times where, I mean, oh, yeah. if you get good at WordPress, I right. mean, that's your conduit to reaching everybody. And yeah. That's what, kind of what Alex helps all people do, and he kind of gets guys going. And, you know, the Internet is kind of the, the infrastructure to get it out there. Absolutely. You know, when I started blogging, the first time, the first thing I did was actually go speak at a, uh, I got invited to speak at a WordCamp, which is a WordPress-specific event, and I was there to promote my blog. I was going to talk about my <laughs> blog. I ended up talking, and nobody cared about my blog at all. But people loved the strategy I shared to creating it, and that's kind of where I found what I'm in now. Um, you know, I'm not specific to WordPress, but a lot of what I do is helping people start with that platform and build from there. Yeah. So what was the, the content of the blog originally about? Yeah, it was actually a faith-based um, blog. So I was just kind of writing about my faith and my journey in Christianity. And uh, it was it was really cool, but it was, I mean, I wasn't a great writer yet. But I wanted to help promote that, and I was kind of you know working on my own brand in there and things like right. that. I was a little bit selfish. So by months. creating that content, you learned these skills along the way. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, it was a side hustle, and I had the time. I didn't know what else to do, so I was like, oh, I'll learn how to do this WordPress stuff. And um, a lot of it came more natural than I expected it to. And the, the good thing is that it, this industry changes so much, all the little tricks and tips, yes. Google Trends, all these little, hey, did you try this app, AppSumo, all these little right. tricks and tips. It's not like somebody who, I mean, it changes. That's why I don't really try to bring on guests 
of the big names because a lot of their advice is just not really useful to regular right. real estate investors trying to get started today, and that's kind of the same thing here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, mean, I couldn't agree more with that. I remember when I was first kind of looking at different applications and plugins, there's millions of options out there for anything, you know, and it was a matter of kind of narrowing it down. And now I'm very devoted. I have a daily routine that is just devoted to education. So I'm reading all these different, I think it's like 35 different publications I go through every day. And I'm looking to see what the new trends are, what's coming out, and how I can be a benefit to the people that I'm helping coach. Yeah, yeah. So um, Alex, I was, Alex was going to do this thing for me. He does this like $50 coaching thing. And I always yeah. like to get, I mean, for for real estate, that's that's kind of chump change. Yeah, right? oh, I know it. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I'm, a, I'm a hobbyist when it comes to real estate investing. I have some rental properties. Yeah. So, but yeah, oh, I know it's it's... So it's a good value for you, yeah, right? Yeah, I think so. it is. I mean, even if it's just to talk to somebody different for like a hundred bucks, I mean, if they're kind of adding value to you in one little thing or changing one idea, I mean, that's that's really a, all. You, that's a lot of leverage right there. Yeah, absolutely. Possible. But uh, once you give away your uh, your URL, and then yeah, oh, absolutely. Get a hold of you yeah, it's uh, nguonline.com. It stands for Next Gen University. So again, we're focused on educating, helping people when it comes to coaching. There's also a blog on there, which is a free resource, and we're starting to launch some online courses. Next couple of weeks, we'll have kind of our first one out there. It's and then what's, right what's the um, the other blog that was sold, the Pet Project, the first ones people can get a sense yeah, yeah, yeah. of how things start? Well, first off, thankfully, I've taken most of my stuff off there that I don't want people to write my bad like writing that I used to do, but it's called dailyps.com. Nice. stands for Paradigm Shift, so dailyps.com. So maybe you guys can check that out and get a little inspiration from that. Yeah, absolutely. And see, you know, that's that's how the content and the skill creation was created from that page. And, um, you know, just kind of be passionate about something and then, uh, you know, hopefully it leads to something else. If right. not, you know, it was a hobby. <laughs> yeah, oh, at the very least, it's a learning experience, right? Yeah. Learn and grow from it. Yeah. Thanks, Alex. Lane, thanks for, it, thanks for Appreciate it. All right, guys. Well, uh, you know, live from FinCon 2018 in Orlando. And um, we'll catch you guys next time. Bye. This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.